everybody? I hope you're doing great and having an awesome day. I absolutely have been praying for you and believing that today will be an incredible day. I know a lot of times we come to church and we're like, what's it going to be like? What's going to happen? What's, what's he going to talk about? And so I'm just excited about what God is doing. And so for those of you watching online, we are so glad that you are with us and you're part of us. If you're new to Grace Church, my name is Aaron Olinsky, and they let me talk once in a while. Uh, I'm the lead pastor. They let me come up here and, and talk about some stuff. But man, I'll tell you, God has put some interesting things on my heart. And so I have just a couple of quick questions, though, before we get rolling into this new series. So this is part one of a series we're beginning. So I have a couple of questions, though. I just I kind of need to intro and get us to this place where we're all kind of on the same spot. So if I asked you to describe your ideal life or things that needed to happen for you right now so that your situation, your life would be perfect, what would or who uh, would that encompass? What would that look like? So do me a favor. Uh, minus the fame, riches, uh, those things. Uh, so let's be realistic. So be realistic with me just for a moment. What would be the, re the, the actual things that you could attain, that you could have that would make your life pretty cool, pretty awesome? And so if you could reach this blissful state of life, what would you want? And I know some of you are going, well, I want this and that, and I got this and shopping spree. And uh, so, so I, I want to talk about a couple of things. So some of you probably said some time off. Uh, maybe you're in a season right now where work is just busy, there's stress, there, you're going, I just, I need a little bit of a break. Some of you are going, I, I need a vacation, I need to get away, I don't just need time off, like I just need to escape, I need to kind of go to the beach, put my, my toes in the sand, or go to the mountains, go for a walk, go skiing, whatever it is, or maybe some of you, you're just in a busy time, and you don't feel connected to family, so you're going, I just want some time with my kids and my grandkids and just to be with them and enjoy each other's company. Maybe you haven't been able to do that recently or, or maybe it's, you know, if you're a single person or if you're divorced or a single parent, you're going, I, I just, I wanna hang out with friends. I need some other adults in my life. I, you know, my roommate, that's how, we just are so busy constantly and going in different directions. I don't wanna hang out with my friends or, you know, I, I know I'll ask Nicole like the things that I can get for her, you know, for Mother's Day or important days and, and she'll go, I just wanna sleep in. Like, just let me sleep in. And so some of you, you're going, that would be amazing. Like just, you know, having some time for myself. And so, you know, your, your ideal situation probably included some of like that. Maybe it did, but I guarantee it did not include having a busier schedule. None of you said, I want to fill my schedule full of stuff and, and I wanna have more stress and more problems and more things that I'm dealing with. And so why, why didn't we say that? Why, why don't we want to be busier? And it's because we're already too busy. We already feel that, we feel pressure, we feel the weight, we feel stress and anxiety because of that. Of that, And so I wanted to share with you, you know, for us as a church, we are constantly praying and seeking the Lord's wisdom and guidance for what we should preach about, like what series we should do. And so we plan and prepare. Uh, we have a preaching calendar that we follow so that way all the teams can be ready. And, and we just, we pray in advance for what the Lord has for us. And, and we really uh, felt like we needed to do a series based off of a book by the author John Eldridge called Get Your Life Back. 
So this whole series, these next several weeks, will be focused on some aspects of this book. Now, please understand, like for us, this is a tool, it's a resource. There's some powerful scripture that we're gonna be diving into that are applicable to our lives. But this, this kind of gives us a, a, a starting point. It gives us a frame of reference, a context to talk about. So I wanna encourage you to buy the book. Uh, maybe you do audio books, so buy it and listen to it or whatever that is for you. But I just wanna encourage you so you can track along with us uh, for this series. So before I get rolling in part one, though, I wanna pause and I wanna pray and ask that the Lord would be here in this place. And so God, we know that you're already here. Your spirit is here. We've been worshiping you, singing to you. We've been giving back to you uh, of our finances. And Lord, we, right now, we just, we're in this place because we wanna experience you. We want to, to declare ourselves as holy. We wanna pursue you. We want to know you more. Uh, God, some of us were interested in this church, we're interested in you and um, maybe we're at a place of struggle, Lord. Some of us are at a place where we want, we want more, we want depth. And so Lord, I ask that you would speak uh, through your word, through your scripture, uh, that it would come alive inside of us and that we would know you better and more and on a deeper level as a result of this time that we have together. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So, you know, I was talking about your ideal life and the perfect things that you would want. And, and so if you look at your life, many of us, uh, our lives are full with work and meetings and scheduled things and appointments and, and activities with travel, with, with uh, travel, uh, travel sports and, and going out of town with our kids or, you know, programs and performances. It's just we're constantly adding things that are in our life. And, and so it's interesting to me because when we feel like we have a minute, right, when we feel that we have just a, we kind of can take a breath, oftentimes what we do is we'll pull out our phone, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll look at some apps, we'll look at some different things, we'll watch some videos, and so we'll fill our lives with some electronics. And so the reason I wanted to talk about that and the reason we're taking a look at this book and some things in scripture is because what we don't realize is that our soul is actually under attack. In this time when our lives are so busy and we add more things to it, our soul, our emotions, our mind, who we are as people is literally under duress and emotional strain. It's this constant bombardment with no break, no respite whatsoever. We constantly are going from one thing to the next. And quite honestly, it doesn't matter if you're a Christian or not. Uh, we, we, you feel that, we experience that. And so our soul was not meant to be going through constantly what it is, time after time and experience. And, and many of us, we, you know, so, so often we've said the last several years have been just very, very difficult and, and unprecedented and, and just a strain physically, emotionally, spiritually. And, and so on top of all that, there's so much noise. There's data and information and, and constant conflict that we're experiencing. And the thing that's interesting is we have all of that going on in our life and we are busier than ever, than ever, aren't we? But statistically, we are in electronics more than ever. Have you noticed that? Have you ever taken a look at, at how often and how many hours and, and just the repeated things that we do and what we go to? We spend hours on social media, watching YouTube videos, TV and apps. And I mean, you would think that we're doing those things because we have so much time to waste. But so many people were going, I'm so busy. But then we're filling our lives with all this other stuff. And 
I just, I wanna share with you some, some particular things about that because I believe that God did not design us emotionally or spiritually or mentally or physically to be able to sustain that. We can't continue this type of lifestyle that we've been leading. There's a verse in Proverbs chapter four, starting in verse 23, it says that we are to guard. We are to guard our heart above all else for it determines the course of our life. And so I have a, you know, just some visual aids that I wanna share with you. And so this lint roller is your soul. Have you ever thought of your soul as a lint roller? Yeah, neither have I, but this lint roller is like your soul because if you wear black pants and you're gonna be on camera and you're gonna be in front of people, you gotta do the little lint roller. Like you don't want any dog hair on there. There's no lint, there's no cat hair, no, no nothing. Like you gotta make sure because it just stands out like crazy. So you gotta make sure. So, so this is like our soul. As we go throughout our day, we are constantly recognizing things, seeing things, and those attached to us. Sometimes we're totally unaware of it, but we pick up stuff all day long. We're reading texts, we're watching the news, we're watching TV, we're on social, we're picking up stuff all day long. And for us as a church, we went through a 21-day fast, and I talked to a few people that um, actually fasted from social media. And, you know, a lot of people have done that before and every single person that I talked to about that, they all said that they loved it. Uh, you know what I'm talking about? Where you go, I just needed a break. I, hey, just FYI, I'm taking a hiatus or I'll be back in three weeks. Because I read, I read some of y'all's posts and your stories and, you know, taking a little bit of break. Our church is in time of fasting, however you worded it. And what did it do? Why did you like it so much? Because it eliminates the noise. It eliminates the negative voices. We realize that, gosh, I, I just, I'm on it a little bit too much. And then what it does is it creates space for us to read our Bible, to pray, to, to, to have some time for us, to have more time with the Lord. And so this, this is not a judgmental question, but why did you go back to it? Like, I'm just saying, you told me how great it was. You needed the break. And, and yet, I'm back on and you've been like at it, you know, going, I gotta post my story. Like, I know, I know it's hard. Um, but what if you just dialed back, you know, a little bit or maybe significantly and it just, I don't know if you're aware that they literally have done research on the effects of social media and posts and, and um, on people, especially young adults and stuff. Literally people's identity gets wrapped up in it. And so if, if they don't have enough hearts, on Insta, they're going, <gasps> like, there, there will be trepidation inside of their soul. They're going, people don't like me. Oh my gosh, what, what did I do? What did I say? How, how, and, and, and many times we can see who likes what or who responds, who gives us, you know, a certain, you know, comment. And, and, and so we just, we, go, we feel like we have to do all that. Well, do you actually believe that being involved in those platforms refreshes your soul? Like, do you actually believe that being on Facebook or, or getting on TikTok and watching videos, you know, for an extended period of time or, or binge watching Netflix for five hours on a weekend or on a day off or, or, or like being absorbed with Wordle and making sure that you're on Wordle and, and doing your thing and making sure, you know, you have all that taken care of. Like, do you actually believe that that replenishes your soul? Or what if it's something like, taking a walk on the beach or sitting by the lake 
for 15 or 20 minutes and staring at the water because it looks like glass and it's reflecting the, the sunset. I mean, which one will refresh your soul? What if it's going out to coffee with your close friend and turning your phone on, do not disturb, and giving them 45 minutes of uninterrupted time to build that relationship? I mean, what truly replenishes us and refreshes us in who we are in the way that God designed us? So I have a few points that I wanna talk through and so the first one is, you know, that the ultimate goal for us is union with God. And, and if you've been in church for a little while, you've been here, a Christ follower, you go, I get it. Union with God. Yes. Like, no problem. I totally get it. But we aren't living this way. Like, we're not living like this. And, and, and many of us, uh, our, our Christian walk is kind of like this. I'm going to kind of break it down in a couple of steps where our Christian walk is, is the beginning. Uh, we, we experience faith. Right, you know what I'm talking about? Where we had a certain lifestyle, we were away from God and we're going, there's a savior. Somebody laid their life down, I can be forgiven. All the shame, the guilt, the things that I've done can be be removed and restored. And so we we take a step forward in faith. And that's amazing. It it just, oh my gosh, we're, we're overwhelmed with God's presence and we experience that. Then we know that we can't just have faith, but there actually has to be action that comes as a result. So that's where we walk into obedience and righteousness and and we begin to follow Christ and and we implement some disciplines in our life. We remove a few things that need to be be taken out. And so we have faith and then we move to obedience. And then we go, wow, you know, I've been doing a few things. And so I'm actually finding joy in it. And so we find joy in serving, serving other people, serving at church, giving, you know, of our tithes and offerings. There's that fulfillment and that service. And then we stop. And some of you are going, well, isn't that, isn't that all of it? And the reality is, is no, there's a fourth step that we are to enter into. So we have faith we begin to walk in, in purity and righteousness and obedience. We experience service, you know, and loving others you know, as ourselves and what that looks like. But then the fourth one is this union with God where we do all those things, which is great because there is definitely an aspect of being but, or, or doing, but there's a part where we've got to get to where we're being a son or a daughter of the king. Let me, let me uh, kind of phrase it a, a little bit different way or kind of give an example. So let's say uh, you meet a man or a woman and, and all the single people are like, I love this analogy already, you know. Uh, so you meet somebody, you know, for some of you that are married, this is part of your story. You meet that person. Uh, you like them, they're nice, cute, handsome, whatever. Uh, you become friends, you recognize you have some things in common. You're like, wow, you recognize you have some, things, some differences and you kind of enjoy that about that person. Uh, they challenge you, they show you some new experiences and stuff and, and you're going, wow, I, I enjoy their company. I like them as a person, we're friends and you want to take the next step, right? And, and many of us have been in situations like that, whether marriage, dating, you know, meeting other people, it's not foreign to us, we get it. So you, you continue to grow to know each other and you desire to take that step in your physical relationship. And so you get to this place where you wanna hold hands for the first time. You know what I'm talking about? Where, where you just, for us as guys, we're thinking about it like, oh man, if I you reach over, what, what's gonna happen? And, and so like, let's say, uh, you know, in my relationship with, with my wife, Nicole, and, and when we started dating in college, let's say the first time I slid my hand over to hold her hand, I held her hand like that. Like she probably would be like, 
what? Like, what? why are you holding my hand like that? Because when you and I hold hands and we might be in a prayer circle and this is how I'll hold your hand, right? We get it. Like you kind of cup your hands and you're like, hey, we're, we're unified and holding hands. But that's not how you hold the hand of somebody that you love and care for, that you're desiring to move forward in your relationship. Because what do we do? We do that interlocking, right? You know when a couple is together because they're holding hands interlocked like fingers are interlocked with one another. And I wanna use this as an example of what union with the Father also looks like. And Jesus, Jesus taught about this in John chapter 15, starting in verse one, he said this, he says, I am the true vine, I am the true grapevine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You've already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. Remain, everybody say remain. Remain in me and I will interlock with you. Remain in me for a branch cannot produce its fruit if it's severed from the vine and you cannot be fruitful unless you Remain and stay connected in me. Yes, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Connected, interlocked with Christ, with the Father. Anything is possible. We're remaining connected, apart. Literally, we get to this place where we're wandering aimlessly and uncertain. So Jesus is saying, stay connected, remain in him. And, and so we get that, we understand. And, and many of us, we need to take that step and, and go from holding hands like this to interlocking, you know, and having that union with the Father. And so we recognize that and we get it. But do you also recognize that in our desire to connect with him, that there is also opposition to keep us from that? If we're gonna say there's a Father in heaven and Jesus' Son and the Holy Spirit, then we also have to acknowledge that there is a devil that is constantly battling against us and he wants to do all that he can to prevent us from remaining with the Father and connecting with him. And so those of us that do have this connection with our, our Father in heaven, our Lord, I, I call him dad. I, I do at times when I'm praying, I'm just like, dad, you know, I thank you so much for who you are. And so the devil wants to prevent us from that. So he, initially he wants to keep us from faith. He wants to shield, hide, uh, blind us from the, the realization, the revelation that Jesus is the Messiah, the, the, the son of God that came for us. He wants to keep us from that. But if we take a step forward in faith, then he wants to do all that he can to prevent us from step four. Like where we get frustrated in the obedience, we get legalistic, uh, where, where, we get, where we get upset at other people and sometimes at church and other Christians, right? He wants to keep us from that. He wants to not have us serve and, and do things and, and begin tithing when we've never done it before because we feel like it might be too much of a stretch. The devil actually wants to keep us from that. And he'll use extreme measures to do it. He'll use hate, he'll use jealousy and greed Malice, murder, rape, anger. He'll use all of those things against us to prevent us from experiencing all the goodness that God has for us in union with him. And the thing that, that's a, a little bit frustrating to me too is the devil will use good things 
He'll use things that you and I go, wow, that's really good. And he'll, he'll distort them and he'll twist them and manipulate them so that we now have just kind of this jaded understanding of what it is and what it looks like. And so over these next several weeks, we're gonna walk through a process. Like we're gonna get in deep and heavy and thick and I'm gonna start today. Like this, that, that, that's my introduction. Like, that, that, I'm, like we're getting rolling and it's gonna be awesome. I, I'm believing for big things today and over the course of this series because the second point I wanna share with you is the path, the path to greater union is greater emptying. And so here's, here's kind of what that looks like. So our soul is a lint roller and it's also like a cup, whichever analogy, whichever visual aid kind of fits you, but I have a couple that I wanna go on with this. So our soul is like a cup, right? So over the course of a day, we're getting things put in our cup. It just, it is. We're getting things attached to us on our lint roller. Things are filling up our cup. Texts, work, relationships, things that say, uh, things that people say to us and, and, and all those other uh, things where we experience. So all day long, we're getting filled up. Some of it's good, positive encouragement. Some of it's bad, right? Some negativity, some, some criticism, some hurt, some pain that we're experiencing, constantly getting filled in our cup. But the only way that we can allow God to fill our cup is if we empty out all the other stuff. Right, so there's lots of things over the course of the day that are going into our cup, but if we empty all of that out and we present ourselves as an empty vessel before the Lord, then he will then fill us. But right now you're going, yeah, but I got a job, I got kids, I got bills to pay, I got a mortgage, my car broke down, how in the world am I gonna do this, what about that? And so all, like, our life is full of stuff. And so I wanna say, it's never going to be perfect. Like we're not perfect, we're not, it's never gonna be perfect or seamless, there's gonna be ripples, no doubt. But I do believe that we can have a strategy to accomplish it. And that's exactly what we're gonna uncover, the strategy to get to that place. So we need to empty ourselves of all the stuff and the noise so that God can fill us. Jesus talked about this also in Matthew 11. In verse 28, he said this, then Jesus said, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. So when I write messages and sermons, I always try and you know, be creative and funny and meaningful. And, and I always try and have kind of this one-liner in there that is memorable. I, I call it a tweet-worthy statement. So 140 characters or less of something that is just like, you know, boom, like, wow. And so here it is. God will fill up the space that we give him. So if our life is filled with stuff, then there's no room for God, correct? But if we empty, it creates more space. So here's the visual aid that I wanna give to you. You know, I mentioned your soul is like a cup and some of you are like, yes, but I wanna say something so bold and challenging that some of you, you're giving God the space that looks like this little medicine cup. You're going, yeah, I need to empty. And, and you're going, God, here you go. Here's one and a half ounces of space. Can you fill that? 
And, and, and that's where you're at right now. And if that's you, honestly, the best thing you can do is admit that and just kind of be self-aware and go, yep, that's, that's where I'm at. If you're at the beginning, no problem. Like, we're so glad you're here. But I'm here to tell you there's a little bit more because some of you are going, this is what I've got. And, and, and so, you know, we put that out front. But then some of you are going, you know what? You had that other cup. That's me. I, I'm, I'm like eight to 12 ounces. And I feel spiritual and, and God fills me. Like I'm empty and I'm like, come on, God, here you go. And, and so you set that out there. But there's other size cups that are a little bit bigger than the 12 ounce, right? There's, there's that stadium cup where, you know, you're going, yes, big gulp, 24 ounce, baby. That's, that's me. And, and come on, God, fill it up. And, and so you're, you're, that's where you feel like you are spiritually, which is awesome. It's fantastic. But here's truly what God is after. And, and, and who we are. So if you, if you go, God, come on. Like, so God will fill the amount of space that we give to him. And so the question is, what space, what capacity are you allowing the Lord to fill you? And so the bigger the container, the more of his presence that we have in our life. So there's a couple of questions that I want us to walk through and process. And, and so I'm gonna talk about each one specifically, but here they are, I wanna give them to you up front. So the first one is what disrupts our union with God? So in your life, what is disrupting that? And then two, how do we increase our capacity for more of him, right? So it's identifying what's all in there and then emptying it in which container. Makes sense, pretty simple, but let's walk through it. Let's start with the first one. So what is disrupting your union with the Father. And I'm gonna go a little bit deeper than I'm too busy. Because I actually believe the things that we see as priorities and that are important, we make time for. Because sometimes I'll talk to people and they'll go, oh, you know, I wanna read and pray, but I'm just so busy, you know, I got kids and work and, you know, I gotta deal with this and that and project. And so I'm gonna go deeper because I feel like if, if we see the Lord as our number one priority, then we give him the time uh, to, to worship him because we make that effort for what's important to us. And so I wanna go to the point where that's a little bit deeper and a little bit raw where sometimes what disconnects us from the Father is suffering and disappointment. Uh, so all of us have been through some level of suffering in our life. We have. Uh, it maybe was a season in our life, something you walked through, maybe a relationship. Uh, you might be suffering right now. You're going, oh, this season is terrible. It's so awful. Or, or you might be experiencing some type of disappointment, right? So it could be past relationships, somebody that you knew. You're just frustrated with the, the, the status and what's going on. So whether it's suffering or disappointment, it doesn't matter. We, we all go through all of that. But what happens is the devil will use both of those things to create mistrust in our heart towards the Lord. He wants to create mistrust because we go, God, I'm suffering. This is hard, this trial, this difficulty. Why are you taking me through this? Why is it this way? Why, why did this happen? And so as a result, we have that scar, that wound, that struggle, and we're going, you, you let this happen. And so we get to this place of, I don't know if I can truly trust you because of that that you allowed or Maybe it's some type of disappointment in, in your life and you, you prayed 
You're begging God and he didn't come through in the way that you expected. And so now because of that, your connection with him is frayed. It's strained. So there's mistrust in your relationship with him. And the devil loves that. He wants to continue to flood you, you in your thoughts and your emotions and your spiritual life for you to say, you can't truly trust him. Look what he did to you. Look what he let happen. That's, a, that's the enemy working and speaking lies into us. And, and some of us, we've allowed that to remain. And so suffering and disappointment will cause us to struggle in our union with our father. And then there's another one that I wanna talk to that's even deeper and it's trauma. Uh, Many of us have been through some type of trauma in our life and so a trauma is a major event, something big, something devastating. Uh, It could be an accident. It could be something that was so tragic and and just so difficult to walk through. And and maybe it wasn't even your fault, but it was so traumatic. And and even now, like I I use that word trauma and you go back and you know and you remember. Some of you have multiple traumas. It it could have been even been violent. You know, something related to abuse, something that somebody did against you. And it was traumatic and you you have wounds and you're hurt and scars and pain that you experience. It could be the death of a loved one. And you're processing through that. What does that look like, that hurt? And so that could be something that causes us to mistrust or uh, not have that union, that interlocking that Jesus is talking about with the Father. And the reason I bring that up is because, you know, over these last couple of years, uh, you know, suicide has, has gone out the roof. Stress and anxiety has continued to escalate. And people talk about that all the time. And some of you are to the point where you're like at the brink. You know, you're, you're right at the cliff. You're right at the edge. And you're going, if anything else happens, I don't think I can take it. I, don't, I can't take anymore. It's been so hard, so overburdening. And I can't do anymore. And some of you are to the point where if one more, thing's, one more thing happens, whether it's today or tomorrow, and when they do, because sometimes that, that happens, right? So when something takes place, somebody says something and it just, it triggers you. So it, it just, you spin out of control. You go into this rage, uh, this fit of rage, this just volcanic. You're going ballistic on anyone and everything, sometimes social media, and you'll let them have it. You'll just, you'll just spray bullets everywhere and bring this onslaught on anybody that'll listen. And some of us are at that place and, so the reason we want to talk about this is because what if we took a step and, and said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to empty my cup of all of these distractions because I believe that there is healing in this place. Whether you're here in person or you're watching online, I believe that God wants to bring healing and restoration in our life so that we don't feel that when something happens, we're just going to fall off the edge. That's not where God has us. You know, he, he's got a firm foundation under our feet, an, an incredible amount of trust that we can be relying upon him. And so if, you're, if you'll open up your heart to the Lord and, and are willing to receive that, even if it was traumatic and abusive and violent, I believe there's restoration here and it's available to you because it's time for us to get our life back. It is, it's time for us to walk in this because people are depressed and anxious and stressed and all of that can change. And so what disrupts your union with your father? 
in heaven. So it's identifying that particular thing and then we take a step forward. And at the end of the service, we are gonna have a time for prayer and healing. And I absolutely promise, because we need to address those things. Because I know I just hit on some very deep issues that some of you have, and, and so we're not just gonna mention it and leave it. We're gonna dive into that, and, and God's gonna do something miraculous. So we're gonna, what disrupts our union with God? Then the second question is, how do we increase our capacity? Right, small, medium, large, giant bucket, right? So how do we increase the capacity? And so the first thing, it seems quite simple, but some of you, you need to believe that God actually wants to have union with you. Some of you, you don't think God likes you. You think he's mad at you, you think he's angry at you, you think he's doing this to spite you, and, and that's just not the case. Like, they're, they're, like he desires union with us. And so there's, there's some verses that I wanna dive in uh, real quick that, that are just so profound. If you've not read the parable of the lost sons, so there's two sons, that are lost. One stays at home, the older brother, and he's very legalistic and doesn't have the connection with the father that he desires. And, and, and the younger son, uh, he gets a lot of attention and, and notice because he cashes in all his savings, take all, takes all his money and goes off and scripture uses the term wild living. And so in your own you know, description or definition, you can fill in all the blanks of what wild living looks like. And, and scripture gives us some examples of that. And so he finds himself at this place that where his lifestyle just is out of control and he loses everything. And let's take a look at verse 20 and what happens. So he returns home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him. To me, this verse is one of the most redemptive verses in all of scripture. It just is absolutely incredible. But do you believe it for you? Because we can read the parable and Jesus tells the story and we're like, oh wow, that's so nice, that's great for him, that's so great. But do you believe that for you? Because some of you, your story is wild living, the things that you did and you're going, oh my gosh, you know, I thought it was so fun, but I didn't realize that all those decisions would lead to the lifestyle and the weight that I'm carrying and, and some of the burdens I'm experiencing, the shame and the guilt. And so I'm telling you, when you read that verse, it says that the father saw you from a long way off. When you turn from that lifestyle and there's got to be that and you begin heading home, he sees you, he runs to you, embraces you, he kisses you. Like, do you see yourself receiving that type of unconditional love and grace from our heavenly father, regardless of all that past stuff? And some of you, unfortunately, you don't. You don't. You see yourself as unlovable or unacceptable and you have to recognize that God desires union with you in who you are. And so what we've got to do is we have to present ourselves to the Lord. So that's that turning around, right? Where, where we go to the Lord, we pre present ourselves to God. We've got to come back to connect with him. And there's a great verse I want to share with you that's related to that. It's Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind that he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. And so what does this look like for you? 
Because it's different for every single one of us. It absolutely is. So maybe for you, you just, you're, you're in that type of lifestyle and you're, and you're done with it. And you're like, I gotta turn and I gotta head back to God. I know for me in my life, you know, I had a period of time where I, the way I describe it is I was running from God. I knew that there was a calling on my life. I wanted nothing to do it, so I ran away from him. Then I got to the point where, for, for lack of a better way to describe it, I just, the way I say it, it makes sense in my head, my legs got tired. I just got tired of running in the wrong direction. And I was like, all right, I give up. I'm tired of running away from you. So I stopped and turned around and I was like, I will step into your calling and your leadership in my life. And so what does that look like for you? Maybe you're just, you just have to cry out to God. Maybe you've already done the turning around and you're like, I want more, I'm desperate. I, I'm pursuing after him. You, you like, what does that look like? Maybe for you, it's more elementary where you've got to begin with the basics. It's making God a priority and reading scripture and, and, and getting yourself involved in our soap Bible study or, or, or praying or fasting regularly. You know, I love the 21 days of prayer and fasting and it's three weeks that are all, you know, combined together in, in January because we want the beginning of our year to be devoted to the Lord. But what if you're at the place spiritually where you're going, I'm, I'm this and I want that. Maybe the spiritual discipline of regular fasting is what you take a step in and move towards. Because if I, if I say the statement, you get out what you put in, we all would go, yep, absolutely. The, the, the measure, the level, the, the, the willingness for our capacity to grow, it will be part on, uh, partly on us to step into that and to walk into those. And so some of us, we need to go to great measures extreme measures at times, complete desperation to have that connection with the Father. Because if you desire a great breakthrough or a miracle, it will require greater sacrifice. You know, we understand that in our head, but are we living that in our life? And so it will require greater desperation because the goal is union, right? Union with the Father. So I have a third and final point I wanna share with you as I get ready to close. So it's, we need to release anything that's taking God's space. Do you get that? Like God will occupy the amount of space that we give him, tweet worthy. So if we give him this much, he'll fill it, no problem. If we give him this much, that much, he will. Like, we ha like he will absolutely fill that. So I wanna give you just a really simple tool uh, that, so the author, John Eldridge, uh, he has a ministry called Ransomed Heart. And he, he's, a, a, you know, he's a very popular author, writ, you know, sold millions of copies, lots of different books over the last several decades. And so Ransomed Heart, through, uh, because of Get Your Life Back, they, they started an app, kind of ironic to talk about social media, that is, and then they make an app. Uh, but we get it, right? We all have apps and, and stuff. So they made an app, and it's called the One Minute Pause. One, like 60 seconds, the one minute pause. Literally the app looks like a pause symbol. And so I believe in this so much. I'm, a, I'm even fine if you go ahead and pull out your phone, go to your search, you know, uh, go to your app store, type in search, type in one minute pause, one minute pause. And so something will pop up, something like one, it'll, it'll say, it may say lifestyle, uh, cause that's the, the, the group and the category it fits in. It may say ransomed heart, but so it literally looks like a pause symbol, you, you know, so it's the one minute pause. And so here's, here's what's so cool. I, I downloaded it and, and I, I had it set for 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. And so it'll give me a notification. 
hey, Aaron, you know, because it knows my name, and it's time for your pause. And so at that moment, I have to make a decision. Am I gonna pause there or am I not? So it's totally up to us at the level that we desire. But it's, it's kind of interesting because, I mean, so 60 seconds, it, it's so short, it's just a flash. But the reason it's necessary is because it creates detachment. So earlier in the message, I said, we're flooded constantly. We're like the, you know, the, where'd my lint brush go? So we're, you know, we're, the, the lint roller, we're constantly getting stuff stuck on us. So the one minute app, it creates that pause where we detach. So there's a, a phrase that, that, he, that he says in there. It says, I'll, I'll give you everything. I'll give everyone and everything to you, God. God, I'll give you everything and everyone. And so even just me saying that, some of you, yes, like I need that so badly. Because what it does is it creates space, space for the Lord to be and for him to rest in our mind and in our soul and in our life. And so one minute pause. And I know some of you are very competitive. And so after you do a few of the one minute pauses, it will unlock the next stage, which is a three minute pause. But you've got, you have to do several, several one minute pauses in a row in order to get the three minutes. So like, there's your challenge. Uh, how far can you get in a week? Um, but what, what level are you willing to go to get your life back? To what extreme, to what measure? Maybe you need to get the book. Maybe you need to delete some apps on your phone, on your devices. Maybe you need to get in a connection group. Because I mean, here at Grace Church, relationships are extremely important to us. You need friends. Like you need friends more than apps and YouTubes and Wordle. Like you, you've got to have relationships. It's so, it's so important. So we, we need that. Some things we got to remove, things we have to add. But then I also am praying and believing, where does the Lord want to heal you? I'm not just going to throw, you know, trauma out there and not address it and bring healing. So some of you, you know, there is some resentment, some bitterness, some hurt and pain. And I believe that there is restoration and healing here in this place. So I wanna start at the very beginning though. That's so important to me. You know, as, a, as your pastor, if you have not yet made a commitment to follow Jesus, all the other stuff doesn't matter. I mean, so that, that's the beginning. And so I know some of you, you need to say, you know what, I, I need Jesus. My life is a mess and I'm gonna turn it over to him. And some of you, you've done that before, but you've, you've wandered a little bit. You know, like that young son in that Luke 15 parable, you've, you've drifted and it's time for you to come home. Uh, and that's gotta be the first step. So here in just a moment, you know, I'm gonna ask that you would respond just simply by putting your hand in the air. But, you know, I, I, I know for me, I don't want anybody to feel um, just concerned about what others think because we get a little self-conscious. I mean, we do, I understand it. So if y'all could do me a favor, go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes. Because I don't want this to be about anybody else. It really is not. It's not even about me uh, because it truly is between you and the Lord. Because when you say, you know, all that other stuff, those things, that lifestyle, you're the only one that truly knows all that you've ever done. Uh, it's you and God. And so I just, I want to share with you that, I want to share with you that you have to have, um, you have to take that step. 
and fully trust in him and all that he is. And so if you know that God is moving on you right now, and I, 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 I hope you can feel the Holy Spirit. I certainly can. It, it's nothing to be fearful of. It's more of a, a reverence to the Lord. It's kind of that fear and trembling before God because he's amazing, but he loves you so much. And when I read that verse that he saw you from a long way off, he, that resonated with you. And so if that's you, whether you're online or here in person and you go, yeah, I need to commit to follow Christ or turn and, and follow him once again, if you would do me a favor, just go ahead and put your hand up. It, it, it's not for me, it's, it's more for you. Yeah, I thank you so much. Several hands, go ahead and put them up. I know if you're watching online, you know, you can respond to this as well, where we say yes to Jesus. It's so powerful. That's gotta be the first step. Thank you so much. Yeah, there's several people putting their hands up. It's not just you. You can go ahead and put your hands down. God is doing something significant in you right now. And so what I wanna do is I'm gonna pray and I would just ask that you pray along with me. Uh, and, and so it's not that my words are special in any way, but I just kind of want to lead you in the right direction. So if that's you, just pray to yourself right now. Maybe you say something like, God, I know I need you. God, I'm desperate for you. Lord, I'm so sorry for the things that I've done. God, I apologize. I, I've headed in a direction that I'm not proud of. In fact, I'm ashamed of it. And it's caused me to feel some some shame and some guilt, but I'm excited about turning things around. Jesus, I, I believe that you truly are God's son and that you died for me so that I could be restored, so that I could be forgiven. God, would you forgive me of everything, all the things that I've ever done? I'm so sorry. And Lord Jesus, I commit to follow you for, for every day, every moment of every day. From, from this moment forward, from this day forward, I, I choose to follow after you, Jesus. Lord, I thank you so much that God, I just, I see you, you're, you're welcoming, you're loving, you're drawing us back. Uh, Lord, there's that embrace, there's, that just the sons and daughters that are returning home. Lord, it's so powerful. Thank you so much for, for just receiving us back. And God, I pray blessings on those that put their hands up, Lord. And, and as it continues in, in those verses, Lord, you know, it just, it says that, that you, you gave him a ring and you gave him some new clothes because his clothes were dirty and torn. And, and God, that's symbolic of, of our life and, and kind of our, our status. But we return and you, you just... You give us this beautiful robe. You give us this magnificent uh, robe uh, for us as, as men that we can stand and, uh, before you with honor and respect and because of you. Lord, I thank you that you're doing something significant. I also want to pray for uh, those of us that have dealt with some suffering, some disappointment, and some trauma. And I realize that there's the probability that there's a name or a face, an experience that comes to your mind right now. And I know it, it's heartfelt and it's hard, um, but the Lord is here. Uh, he is ministering to you. 
Uh, if it was traumatic and you need compassion, he gives you compassion. If it was traumatic and you need the Lord to be strong, he shows his power and authority. So regardless of where you're at or what you went through, he will meet you in that place. He will be all that you need him to be. And so Lord God, we come before you and um, God, we're hurting. Uh, Father, there's, there's many of us, we even feel like the wound is cut so deep and we're just bleeding, Lord, we're, we're, oh, it is awful. It's been so difficult. The mental anguish, the emotional weight, uh, Lord, it's caused significant problems in our life. It's caused us to doubt you. It's caused depression to fall uh, in us, Lord, anxiety. And we can't, we can't handle it. Lord, it's just too much. So we're crying out to you out of desperation. Uh, Lord, we come before you with just our, our hearts bent towards you, our lives bent towards you. And, and Jesus, would you just allow your presence to be your Holy Spirit? Would you sweep in this place in who you are? Lord, you bring comfort, you bring power. God, you give wisdom. And we need all of you. We need every single piece of you, Lord, right now. Thank you for your healing touch. The restoration, we receive it. We're so desperate for it. And Lord, I, I also speak out just prophetically that in that healing, Lord, sometimes it's a process. And Lord, we just, we're in the journey with you. We're in the process with you. Keep us in that place. And, uh, but Lord, we wanna continue to take steps. And Lord, I, I just speak out the, the future and what it looks like uh, for us to be a son and daughter connected with you, to, for, for us to be in your presence, for us to be clean and pure. Lord, for us to just kinda enjoy and spin around, you know, spin around and not be concerned about what anybody else thinks or just delighting in your presence and worshiping you. And Lord, we wanna be in that place. I love you, Father. In your name I pray.